here. And it is, it is important for us not to be influenced by society and what they do out there, right? Not to be influenced by society and what's going on in a religious world, but to be able to look at scripture for ourselves as a local church and try to understand what the Lord is telling us. And here's a parable that Jesus uh, uh, shared with his disciples in the 25th chapter of uh, the Gospel of Matthew. And before he got into the 25th chapter, uh, it, there's no divisions in the original language of the Bible, no chapter, no chapter separation. The King James translators decided what should be the end of a chapter and what should be the start of a new one. They placed the chapters in. Uh, original scripture did not have chapters. And in chapter 24, it's a very trying, sad chapter. Chapter 24 tells you uh, that there'll be a strong deception coming up in the end of the age. Many will come saying, Jesus is Christ and shall deceive many. And iniquity shall abound. Uh, iniquity is not found in the casinos or in the, uh, in the red light district or in the, um, uh, the, the liquor stores. Iniquity is found in the church, in religion. It is something that the scripture tells us would be increasing in this day and age. When I look at my Bible, I don't see the church becoming strong, powerful, in its numerical growth and fame. I see according to scripture that the church except the days be shortened, the very elect would be deceived. I see there is a deception that will come in society and religion would be a part and included in that deception. So I pray and I ask you would pray that God will give us direction that when the world wanders after the beast, we are not included. Because a lot of sincere men would wander after the beast and would not even know it. To be sincere is not enough. You could be sincere, sincerely wrong. The Muslim is sincerely wrong. The Buddhist is sincerely wrong. The Hindu is sincerely wrong. And Many, many organizations that operate in the world are sincerely wrong. And we that call ourselves the body of Christ, we're not immune to deception. We're not so secluded that the possibility of deception would not come in our midst. If the church started on the day of Pentecost went under, what makes you think the devil would give up with us? If the seven churches of Asia Minor had the seat of Satan residing in most of those churches, what makes you think, because we say we are a body of Christ, that we are impervious, uh, is that the right word? Uh, to, to deception, that the devil cannot deceive us. 
if he has not already deceived us in a lot of ways. As we move ahead, we ask that God would enlighten us. And the path we have started on years ago, we will continue to move in that direction towards maturity and godliness, holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. And so when you look at, at Matthew, the 24th chapter, it tells us iniquity shall abound. And then it comes to the end of that chapter and it says uh, that the Lord, because the Lord delays his, his coming, who then, verse 45 says, in chapter 24, is the faithful and wise servant whom his Lord has made ruler over his household to give the meat in due season. Blessed is the servant whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Verily I say unto you that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. But, sometimes but is a beautiful conjunction in the Bible. And sometimes it's a bad deal. But, if that evil servant shall say in his heart, my Lord's not coming. He, Jesus is taking a long time. He's not coming. He delayed his coming. And he shall begin to smite his fellow servants. Well, why would I want to smite my fellow servant? Well, if he's telling me things that are contrary to what I want to accommodate in my life. Not because you've done it for 20 years is it correct. If it's not based on the scripture and it does not improve your spirituality, it might not be correct. We would like to have meat in due season. But this evil servant, because the Lord delays his coming, he starts to smite his fellow servants and he begins to eat and drink with the drunkard. Which tavern would they be finding this evil servant in? church tavern this is not a literal tavern this is not literal drunkenness this is drunkenness that comes from the woman in revelation 17 that has a cup in her hand filled with the filthiness of her fornication it's the wine of her fornication it's the wine of apostate christianity when i came into this fellowship in 1975 we looked outside there and we called false doctrine false but today, we accommodate a lot of the teachings and writings of men out there whose doctrines are not right. Men that believe the Trinity and a literal burning hell and a lot of false doctrines, we accommodate their teachings. We hobnob with the drunkards in society. I pray that God would help us and sanctify us from such a spirit of drunkenness that will take a hold of the church. And somebody's got to speak up. And as you move into Matthew chapter 25, it tells us a situation that describes the church after the bride is gone away. What happens? There are ten virgins. Five were wise and five were foolish. Which one you want to be? Can't hear you. 
Well, think about it. I would take the, even the foolish virgin better than what we've got in our churches today. Guess what they were? Everybody say the word virgin. Whether foolish or wise, they were virgins. I try to look in the church and find virgins today, spiritually speaking, and I can't find them. So those guys that we condemn, the foolish ones and the wise ones, and you see the wise ones, they got influenced by society in the darkness and they fell asleep. They did not need to fall asleep. I pray to God that we understand this parable because it tells us wise and foolish both fell asleep. I feel, we're, I feel today that the church is in deep slumber and don't even know it. You know, this morning I got up and then went back to sleep and I had a dream. You ever had a nice dream? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you get a nice dream. I, one time I dreamt I was like flying. <laughs> Man, it was so good flying. You know, Superman or something like that. But I was flying above, above the waters. And sometimes I dream I'm running for my life. Well, this morning was one of those nice dreams. And I wish it continued, but it stopped. You know, when you sleep, you can have a nice dream. And if the church is asleep and having wonderful dreams, it's not reality. And there was something here in Matthew 25 that we need to remember. Because it says they all slumber and slept, wise and foolish. But one person did not sleep. At midnight, somebody saw the Lord coming and made a sound. It was the watchman. A watchman cannot fall asleep. If God has called him to be a watchman. A watchman cannot compromise if God has called him to be a watchman. A watchman cannot be influenced by the darkness around him if God has called him to be a watchman. And if you look at Ezekiel 33, and we don't have time to turn to that, but the Lord says, when evil shall come upon the land, God says, if I set a watchman up, to protect that city. And when he see the sword come in, he need to warn the people. I believe we are living in that time where God must raise up some watchmen that will warn God's people. Here's the problem that the preacher has. How can I warn them when they have done what they're doing for 20, 30, 40, 100 years? You know, when somebody's in deep sleep, they don't like to wake up. Well, whether you like it or not, if you were one of those virgins sleeping, that sound of the trumpet woke you up. It cannot just be a little violin. The watchman had a trumpet. The blast of his trumpet jarred 
the virgins up. For some, it was too late because they did not have the knowledge that they needed in their lamps. But for some, they barely made it in because they lit their lamps. See, we cannot walk in darkness unless we have the word of God to light our path. And we cannot survive if the church world and most of it is asleep because they are intoxicated with the intoxication that comes with false religion. I'm not standing here because I'm guessing. I think maybe God called me or not. No. I'm standing here because I believe God has called me to do what I'm doing. I don't know if I'll stand here forever. There might come a time when I might say, okay, it's time for me to move on from here. I can try to settle down, but is that what God wants? The church must face its responsibility, but we've got to sound. A true watchman must be willing to sound the alarm. Whether you go to a fellowship meeting and everybody is contrary to what you want to say, you've got to sound the alarm. Because God said, if that a watchman sounds the alarm, the blood of the people are on their own shoulders. If he goes there and he's afraid of their faces and he's afraid because he wants to be popular and he wants friends and he wants to be, uh, you know, like not disrupt anybody's sleep and he fails to sound it, then their blood will God require at the watchman's hand. To be a preacher today, called of God, is a tremendous responsibility because you cannot compromise the gospel you preach. It might hurt your family. It might upset your friends. It might make you the most unpopular individual. But listen to me carefully. Every man called of God has to be rejected by the majority of individuals that live in a society. The greatest rejection of all time was not Jeremiah. Oh, he was rejected. It was not Isaiah. He was rejected. It was not the disciples. They were rejected. It was the Lord Jesus himself when he came unto his own and his own received him not. Jesus could have compromised his gospel and be popular with his own family. But he did not. He turned to that element that followed years of serving God. He said, your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and they are dead. You want to say that in one of our convention? Well, someday it will be said. May God help us. It's good to talk to you today. I pray that God give us understanding and light. And I pray that you would come to the place of understanding that God has been with this assembly and he will continue to be with this assembly. Let us be faithful. Let us be faithful. If you have never been faithful, learn to be faithful. If you have never supported the church, learn to do that. There is a benefit and blessing in being a part of what God is doing. So this weekend has been a, has been a wonderful weekend.
again, I want to say thank you for the offering. Thank you for the good program we had. Thank you to the staff that has worked tirelessly. Right now, we want to receive the regular Sunday afternoon offering, your tithes, your offering, whatever we have to support the work of